This episode is part of a series of curious conversations between creative minds to inspire yours. I hope you enjoy it. Dear Creative Mind, welcome. This podcast is a space I created for us to explore the depth, textures, and intricacies of our creative mind. My name is Pascal, and I'll be your guide helping you navigate your rebellious path. I know our creative mind sometimes gets lost in the maze of our imagination or sidetracked by the stories of our inner critic. On this podcast, you'll find grounding meditations to soothe your mind, coaching notes to help you find more focus and flow, and conversations with other creatives to inspire you in the hopes of helping you better understand and take care of your whole creative self. I really do hope you enjoyed this episode. Today, I'm chatting with Michelle, who is an upcycler and former client. I was lucky to witness their transformation from being a UX designer and uncovering their big vision when we were coaching in 2020 to now launching her own creative business. Michelle was also featured actually on the podcast uh, a couple of years ago. So I'll leave the link in the show notes if you want to listen to the episode, because I think it can be quite insightful to hear the other version of her and when she was just starting to consider quitting the corporate world and now listening to this conversation when it's a completely new life. She really allowed herself to follow her intuition and design her work around who she is with so much intention and she gave herself this completely new life. So we talk about the life and rebirth cycle they navigated during this transition, but also the life and rebirth cycle that you can go through when you upcycle furniture and you give them a new life and a new home. And we also explore how we can allow herself the freedom to create and to explore our fullest potential. We also talk about the challenges and the benefits of leaving the corporate world and all the conditioning that it comes with. So I really, really do hope you enjoy this conversation today. Michelle, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. Of course. How does your creative mind feel today? Uh, It feels a little scattered. Uh, Tuesdays are generally a really high energy day and uh, I'm sort of forced to sit back and um, work less in my flow. Uh, Mm -hmm. and so, so I am feeling a bit off today, but I'm really glad that I get to, uh, sit down and, and chat at least during this weird (laughs) flow state time. Of course. Well, thank you for being here and for being back. Um, I'll put the last episode in the show notes for people to go back to, but Michelle has been on the podcast before in a very different stage of her life. So you'll get to see the the kind of before and after of her journey. Um, but for the people that may have not listened to you before, do you kind of want to walk us through your creative journey and, and how it's been for the past couple of years for you? So I guess the last time, if you've heard the episode that I was on the show, I was speaking about um, my nine to five job and how I was just ready to move on and ready to take on a new chapter, but I wasn't sure 
really how to do that. Um, and it's, uh, of course, all thanks to Pascal <laughs> um, for helping me get out of that situation um, and to have the oh, confidence it's all thanks to be able to, you. to do that. <laughs> That's all so, of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gave me the tools and uh, and the support I needed to, to mm-hmm. move on. And, and so since then, I don't even know how long ago that would have been, like maybe a couple of years now, my life looks completely, completely different. Um, it's hard to even imagine the way that I felt then compared to the way that I feel now. But uh, just for some perspective, I went from working in a corporate setting, working uh, as a UX designer, and I am now uh, running a um, solo full-time business um, where I am upcycling furniture. It's honestly really hard to to speak about that journey and how I went from point A to point, I'll call it point B, because I certainly haven't reached point Z. Yeah, but it's not linear. It's a cycle. So that's that's why it's difficult to answer sometimes, because there are not like a... Uh, like uh, some steps that we took specifically. And sometimes when we do, we, we're not aware we're doing it. So it's difficult to, to answer that. But, but I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that it feels much different. And I think it looks much different as well. And your energy is much different. So it's been just so lovely to follow your journey from, from that phase of your life in that chapter and to kind of see where that led you in terms of your creativity. Yeah. Thank you. It's, It's been really fun sharing it. And to be honest, I think that's something that really helped in my creative journey. It was something that I really struggled with. Um, you know, I always wanted to hide as an artist. I did, I never wanted to be seen. It like started when I was little, you know, taking singing lessons and my mom being like, sing for everyone. <laughs> I just, I would get so shy and I just, you know, it was just something I wanted to keep to myself. And it's been very liberating sharing that side of me with with the world and you know I didn't realize until I started doing that that even my closest friends didn't realize this side of me which just felt so wrong you know like it mm. is it's a huge part of me and it always has been and so it, it feels really good to to be out in the open finally yeah and it's refreshing to hear you say that it's been liberating for you to be seen and to share that part of you because I think so many of us can get stuck into feeling very like feeling the imposter syndrome and and not really wanting to share that part of our lives or being vulnerable and being seen so to hear you say that it's been liberating is just so exciting for me to hear mm-hmm, for sure yeah. and and I think it it's you know I still have that fear you know the internet can be a really scary place Um, you know, when I first started posting, I never thought that I would get a positive reaction. My brain told me that either people were going to hate it or they were going to be indifferent. It's this mm. it's very strange thing. Like I, once I started posting and I was getting a positive reaction, I realized how negatively I was speaking to myself and how much that translated to everything I did creatively. Um, yeah. Like, and then I posted and, and people were so happy to see me doing what I was obviously so passionate about. And, you know, your authenticity really comes out when, 
when you're putting it all out there. Um, and everybody, of course, feels differently about how much they share. But mm-hmm. for me, it really was such a powerful tool for me to be able to move forward and and really find the community that I'd been looking for, you know, like I've been looking for a community for so mm-hmm. long, finding the people who I really connect with. Um, but it's of course not a, a mystery that I wasn't able to find it because I wasn't putting myself out there and I wasn't, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't, you know, and if I was putting myself out there, I was putting myself out in an area that wasn't really aligned with where I wanted to be or who I really was. And so I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling much more uh, connected to the people that I want to be connected to. And uh, yeah, it feels right. Yeah. And that creative community just makes such a difference. And it's very difficult to find or to to grow a community when we're not allowing ourselves to be seen or to be seen as who we truly are. So Thank you for sharing that. I think it's going to be very helpful for a lot of people that might be stuck in that place where they want to share their work. They want to grow that community and find that support, but something prevents them from doing so. So thank you for sharing your perspective on that. Yeah, of course. And it's just so inspiring also to follow your journey on Instagram. Like I personally find it very fascinating to see how you kind of go to find your pieces and to what inspires you to transform them into something else and and the whole rebirth cycle that comes into that. But I guess before we get into all of that, for some people that might not really be familiar with upcycling, can you can you let us know what it's about? Sure. So right now I am specifically focused on larger furniture. Um, That honestly, in a not so fun kind of way, is just based on my market and what sells. But upcycling really is when you're taking something unwanted and giving it a new life by refacing it, um, repairing it, whatever it may be, um, and then finding it a new home so that it doesn't end up in a landfill. And upcycling can be found in every area. Um, I would say specifically like products. Um, and I do hope someday to be able to, you know, put that passion towards other areas as well, like clothing or mm. uh, textiles and things like that. As strange as it might be to say, you know, I am a very multi-passionate uh, person and I, um, as some may find it hard to believe, um, I'm not that passionate about furniture. It just happens to be the outlet for me right now. Um, for how I express myself and how I can be in a world that I want to be in. And um, that might shift at some point, but uh, right now I'm, I'm really happy with, with the way I'm able to create. Yeah. That's so interesting to hear you about the fact that you chose this outlet, not because you're passionate about it, but it just fits the kind of creative practice that you want to have. Can you expand on that? I'm just so curious to hear you. Sure. Um, it honestly started because I am, uh, what's the word, like a paralyzed uh, environmentalist where it doesn't mm. feel like any decision I make is the right decision. And um, my partner and I, we used to thrift together a lot. We still do. Um, but it was just something we would do every weekend for as long as I can remember. And at a certain point, Uh, I thought it would be fun to 
refinish a piece of furniture and try and sell it because I've, you know, been seeing throughout the pandemic quite a few people doing that. And and then I did it and it it just felt completely right from the beginning of the process of sourcing the piece to getting my hands dirty and having to learn a bunch of new skills that I didn't previously have um, to then staging it and and making it as beautiful as it could be to then finding someone who would really appreciate it. Um, it just, it just clicked for me. And, and I didn't, you know, before that I didn't have this like dream of becoming a furniture refinisher it just sort of happened and once I did that first piece I was hooked like I I was like oh my gosh I Mm. could do this to everything to literally anything and and to be fair I mean I I do have a home that I'm constantly working on and I use those same creative practices in my own home um not as much as I do for other people I barely pay attention to my own home in comparison (laughs) but uh but yeah, like I, I didn't dream about like working for Architectural Digest or I, you know, I didn't go to school for industrial design. It just, it just sort of happened based on all of my passions um, that they kind of just aligned into this one. That's amazing. And I, I remember you sharing a few minutes ago about this, like this concept of unwanted pieces, which I find very interesting. And I assume that's a part of the work that you like that you enjoy to kind of make an unwanted piece wanted again or find a new home or kind of connect to that piece. Um, mm-hmm. Can you talk a bit about this, like this whole rebirth cycle, this whole like resurrection of a piece that's behind your work? When I'm sourcing furniture, I am really trying to be intentional about what I'm bringing home. And that's not to say that I'm not bringing home pieces that are in really terrible shape because they'll be too challenging for me. I really am trying to pick pieces that I'm connecting with. The rebirth cycle of a piece, it honestly is such a personal thing. For some refinishers, their process just looks so different. Um, just like any artist, it's just going to look so different. And for me, it's it's a really intentional process and it reminds me of the way that I treat just about any creature. I probably treat um, animals and bugs better than I treat most humans, but <laughs> it's that same, it's that same feeling of getting to know a piece. And as much as I wish I could get to know pieces when I'm seeing them in a thrift store or on Facebook marketplace or on the side of the road, sometimes you just don't, have that moment Mm -hmm. and and you bring it home and that's when you get to know the piece and I often let pieces sit for quite a long time because I need to get to know them first and I'm not just going to jump right in and you know paint them a random color just because that color is trending Mm -hmm. I want to understand you know what they want to become and I am a very seasonally based uh designer and some pieces I let sit all spring because I knew they weren't, they didn't want to be a spring piece. They wanted to be a summer piece. And so now I'm so excited to finally get to work on them because, you know, I can see so clearly that that's what they, they always wanted to be. Um, And so in terms of the rebirth, 
it's giving them the opportunity to become, like I said, what they wanted to become. And some of these pieces are really old. Like, like I have a piece in my, in, in my stock right now, that's from the thirties and another one that's from the sixties. And I can only imagine the life that they've had. Mm -hmm. And it's like thinking about when you adopt an animal, um, like you can only imagine what their life was before they came to you. And, and there's so much that goes into making them feel at home again, once they finally reach you. And, and some animals, for example, go into uh, like a foster home before they end up with their forever home. And I feel like I'm that foster home (laughs) where I'm just like allowing them to settle and, and become like, feel like they're, they're, able to go through their transformation stage so that they can relax when they get to their their new home um that's yeah. such an interesting image that's so <laughs> accurate as well yeah it's it's really strange like I yeah I I don't know if it's because of my sensitivity for the environment and and all all the things I or all the decisions I have to make around purchasing that I can't help but dis- I can't disassociate purchasing or I can't disassociate items and living beings anymore because mm-hmm. everything comes from the earth, regardless of if it's made from plastic, everything comes from the earth and it's up to us to, to cherish them and, and care for them the way that we would care for a living creature. And I think that's something that we've really lost touch with. Um, I mean, it's really strange. I mean, our ancestors didn't have to care about, uh, products the way we do mm-hmm. because we have so much of them now but it's our responsibility otherwise they end up in the trash and so at least for me I, I find it so important to treat a dresser the same way that I would treat I don't know the rag I'm using while I'm refinishing mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah and I think like like you just mentioned, it is our responsibility and and the more connected we are to something and that applies to honestly anything, like the closer you are to something, the more connected to it, the more you care and the more you're actually going to to do something about it. So if a, if a cause or if something is important to you, the more connected you are to it, the, the easier it's going to be for you to actually create change and take action. Like we are so disconnected from so many things. And I think mm-hmm. that's often why we're not doing anything about it is because we don't like, we don't have this deep connection. So it's just so interesting to hear about your, your point of view on that. Yeah. And honestly, it's a side of me that I didn't know was there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always been empathetic and, but honestly, while I was working in my corporate job, I think a part of me was asleep or I don't want to use the word died because I don't think that, um, is true. Like, like there's so many cycles in us. And I just think that I'd really silenced a part of me and, and it needed to come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really did. Like, it's just, I don't even want to compare it to being an artist because everybody, um, creates differently, but I am a sensitive artist in that sense. And yeah, I, I, I worked in design, but it was very uh, structured and very mm-hmm. um, methodical and data driven. And now I design with intuition and um, 
there's some mythology, I got mythology, methodology yeah. behind um, the way I create now, but that's only because I have to run a business. And so I do need some mm-hmm. structure, but the creative process is way more intuitive, which feels so liberating again. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and you were in a creative field before as a UX designer, and now you are creating something completely different. I'm, I guess I'm curious to hear like maybe the emotional aspect, like the difference between the two. I don't know how it was for you before to be in a creative field that was a bit more structured and, and now to be in something a bit more intuitive, like how different is it in the, like emotionally for you? Um, honestly, it was like, it's like night and day. Mm. I, I, I don't think it specifically has to do with what I'm designing. There's definitely some sides to that, but it's also the environment and um and the space in which you're given to create and that's not necessarily speaking about like um geographically or like your your physical space um but how much space you're given to create um mm-hmm. emotionally or energetically and i think it can be really challenging in a corporate setting um when you're working with creatives because you know, it's just a different mind. It's just a, it's just a different way of thinking and they can only give you so much space because they have deadlines and, mm-hmm. um, you know, they got to meet the numbers and, and all those things. And so it's almost like a halfway of like, okay, we're going to give you this room to create and we're going to pay you really well so that you feel like you're taken care of. Um, but there's just something missing. And, um, and you can't really ever create to the to the potential that you would like to um because you are really put within strict guidelines mm-hmm. um it's not just this like free for all experience it's it's you know this again timeline but also design wise there are guidelines on what you can do um like with a computer for example there's only so much room on a screen Um, and, and within specific companies, they'll have, you know, their own branding. And, um, whereas I think I am the type of creative that just works better alone Mm -hmm. and, uh, or at least in some ways alone, not to say I'll always work alone, but at least in this part of my journey, because I, I just need to give myself the permission to, to see what my potential is. And to allow myself that space to create because it's easy to um, start a project and then take a couple steps back and be like, oh, it's not good enough. It's not good mm-hmm. enough. Or um, or say, oh, well, no one's going to like this instead of just creating just for the sake of it. And I am feeling more – I feel so funny keep that I keep saying the word liberated, mm-hmm. but I do feel like my liberation just keeps growing the longer I'm doing this, um, like even in the colors I use now, like when I first started, I only used, and I still, I still stick to these colors because I do really enjoy using them because they're very calming and uh, timeless, but neutrals. Whereas now 
I'm going to dip my toe into some yellow, which is <laughs> so funny to say, but it's a huge deal when you are sticking to, let's say, white. You're like, I only use white. And now you're going to the brightest color. It's like you can see the evolution of that artist and like the permission <laughs> that's being given to take that crazy step <laughs> to now use yellow, um, which in that corporate setting would just have never happened. You know, you can't just all of a sudden use yellow. Who do you mm. think you are? <laughs> that's so true. Um, yeah. It's like, no, I'm not breaking any laws. I'm just going for it because <laughs> I want to. <laughs> yeah, there's not this this part of like experimenting and exploring without any expectations or rules is such an important part of creativity so that you can learn new things and, and kind of extend your work and bring it further, which is not always always available to us in the in a nine to five environment. And I assume you had to unlearn and kind of rewire your brain in so many ways between being in that very structured environment to being kind of completely free. I don't know if there's anything that comes to mind in terms of that that rewiring or some lessons that that you've taken away from from that experience for you. Mm -hmm, for sure. Um, well, just as a disclaimer, I saved quite a bit of money so that I could leave my job. It was something that I knew I needed to do just so that I could feel safe because I knew I would become um, pretty, I don't want to use the word useless, but I wouldn't be proactive right after. And I wanted to give myself permission to not jump straight into the next thing, even though I knew that I would be using refinishing as uh, my source of creativity and um, as a source of small income and just kind of slowly build there was quite a bit of time between where I am now and leaving my job that I didn't really work. And I allowed myself to have that time off so that I could rewire my brain and reconnect. And I owe a lot of thanks to a lot of people for that. And, and during that time of being able to spend so much more time outside and, and honestly just having much better conversation and, and listening to content that I just al aligned way more with instead of preoccupying my days with with things I wasn't aligned with. Like, I mean, raise your hand if you've had to sit through countless meetings where you wish you could have just been thinking about something different or, <laughs> or you can only imagine what you could have been doing with that time. That's, you know, it's just that time was taken for me. And that's, of course, no fault to the business I was in. Like, they did a great job at taking care of me, but I wasn't aligned with that. And mm -hmm. so I really had to reevaluate. And, you know, there were moments where I thought for sure I would end up back in, in that field because it is a creative field. And I thought, oh, well, maybe if I work for a different company, it'll be different. Mm -hmm. But the longer I went, the more I realized it just wasn't for me. And And actually, during that time, I realized how much computers and sitting at a desk had really negatively affected me. And I don't want to say that for everyone, because some people really thrive working from their computer. But I, I just have such high energy. And I really love to move that I realized I really was meant to be on my feet most of the day. And, and, and yeah, it just worked out like, 
um, at some point, you know, I just wanted to be working on furniture. It wasn't because I had to, it was because mm-hmm. I wanted to. And it just sort of like naturally um, started up again and uh, more like in a more full-time setting. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But well, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. Rediscovering yourself is a huge a huge step that sometimes we kind of bypass, like when we are in a nine to five and we quit our job and we start something right away. There's this space that we, if we can, if that's available to us, of course, to just allow ourselves to sit with ourselves and and reconnect with who we are at the core. What's our, like who we are, what do we need? What do we want? What works for me? What doesn't? And kind of really pinpoint the parts of the old life or identity or or work that you had that does not really align with you and unplug from it and then replug yourself into new environments that actually feed you or nourish you and that's what I hear about what you did like you decided I'm going to unplug from whatever was not in alignment and I'm going to plug myself into nature because that's something that inspires me and and by doing that you got the inspiration, you were kind of naturally motivated to take action, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I think also, because I was working in a position where I was making a good salary, I was so distracted by stuff, like I was mm-hmm. really distracted by my house and wanting to make my house perfect and filling it with the perfect things. But then, you know, you lose that income, and you're really having to you, really be smart about how you're spending you start to go back to living minimally and mm-hmm. and that is something that was so during the best times of my life I was dirt poor <laughs> um, and of course that's not to say that it's not a struggle um, living off of um, low income like I I really feel for people who who do struggle that way but it is something that really works for me um, at keeping me grounded. And I know that at some point in my life, I'll be able to make a good income again and remain at this level of groundedness. But I think sometimes like having gone from being so um, low income to then being so high income in such a short period of time and being young, there's ego in there too. And, and having that um, removed And it really forced me to have to settle back down into who I really am Mm -hmm. and like strip it away, you know, like strip away all of the, the distractions basically of like what I really need. And just Mm -hmm. asking that question all the time, do I really need, what do I really need? And that's for everything. That's not just like physical stuff. That's like mental stuff. Like, do I really need this stress right now? Why am I stressing about this? Friends um like family members if they're getting in your space or whatever like just asking those things all the time um and and I will also say sort of on that note I also took that time to really dive into um like therapy stuff and uh and doing like workshops on that kind of thing as well so that I really could dive back into like releasing my conditioning to see what was me and what wasn't me Mm-hmm. And, and again, I feel liberated where, where I'm like, okay, this is me. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Just a lot of 
you know, being okay with where I am now and knowing I have options. If yeah. I cha- decide it's over, like, like nothing is forever. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Everything is yeah. a cycle. <laughs> Every Everything is a cycle. My gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know many people might be stuck in a place where it feels just very heavy or scary or brings up a lot of anxiety to just be who they are. And it's just so refreshing again to hear you say how liberating it actually is when you strip away anything that's not really really aligning with who you are and you're kind of decluttering your life and and removing that conditioning and really like grounding into who you are at the the very simplest of ways like this simplicity aspect is very very important in that stage and 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 like at at any time really but to go back to the root of what you actually need and not getting stuck in all the details and and also the messages that have that are being sent your way to kind of create Mm -hmm. boundaries around around yourself I feel is a very important part of it as well to understand who you are and not let the external world kind of dictate what you should want or what you should need, especially also in the the business world. Like sometimes you are bombarded with, well, success looks that way, or you should feel this way, or you should do things a certain way. And actually it's not true. (laughs) It's so true. It's so, so true. Like I didn't realize how valuable it would be in the business world, Mm -hmm. but from from basic things of like what my week looks like. Like sometimes I feel guilt around the fact that I'm not working nine to five days, but that's just not Mm. what my days look like anymore. Like not at all. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that. Oh my goodness. Like I'm just not meant to work that way. And I don't think many people are, but um, you know, to that point to like conversations with strangers and them coming in your space, like, I don't know how many people try to tell me how to run my business it's so funny you're like oh my goodness I've never realized that this is such a thing um and then like it, asking yeah. questions like how much do you make a month and you're like would you ask that to like exactly another it's... person this is so weird but that to say that it doesn't bother me the way that it would have affected me in the mm. past you know I think I would have been very um hot-headed and I would have been very um defensive but mm-hmm. now I just don't really care like I I have no shame around the fact that I don't make very good money and I mean in comparison of course like to what my life looked like and yeah I just it doesn't matter it just so doesn't and like it just feels really good to know that it I'm not bothered by those things anymore because that's what was holding me back with all Mm. that shame around like, oh, I should be at this success level by the time I'm this age. And which is so strange because I'd never had that. At least I don't think I I did. But once you get in the rat race, it's easy to to feel it more and more because you're never, it's never enough. Like you always feel like you're chasing the next thing. Um, So I'm trying to be way more conscious. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's difficult to find yourself back. And I think it takes a lot of courage and and a lot of vulnerability to go through that because, uh, yeah, you can get lost in that and kind of lose who you are. And and then you really don't know, like, <laughs> how to approach the next phase of your life when it comes to building a business and all of that. And it's interesting how 
people feel it's okay to ask certain questions when it comes to art and when it comes to to having your own business I don't know like <laughs> what goes through their mind but it's interesting it's like a person touching a pregnant woman's belly like yeah. <laughs> it's like what the heck <laughs> like you'd never touch a belly any other time <laughs> I know I know it's it's interesting I don't know what I don't know what goes through their mind and what makes it okay to to ask those things or to to judge the level of success that you have or happiness that you have in your life. Like some people are just projecting their own fears of like of the entrepreneurial world or the creative world. But but when I'm what I'm hearing from you is just really ground yourself. I think that's a very important part of the process so that you can easily easily catch those things like easily say okay cool she's asking that or she's sharing that with me but I I don't have to carry that I don't have to take it in and and kind of let it influence whatever I'm doing I can choose to say yes or no I'm creating the space between the external world and and who I am and how I function to decide what I want to do with that and that can have an impact on your your schedule or your days or the type of business you want to have or what success means for you. So thank you for sharing that. I think it's a very important part of, of this path. Yeah. And and I will also say that being able to be removed from like, or having the shame removed, Mm -hmm. um, it also allows me to see that a lot of people are really curious. Like Mm -hmm. they're looking, they're asking because their lives look so different and like so many people have told me they admire what I'm doing, which is so nice, obviously. Um, but to me, it, it does at this point feel um, like a bit funny because, you know, it's just my life. It's just the decision I've, I've decided to make um, that works for me. And, but in hindsight, I would have been on the other side just two years ago, looking at someone else like, like the way that, you know, you and I spoke, you know, I, I did admire what you were doing. And, and so I understand that. And, and people asking questions, I feel like people asking questions versus giving advice is very different, but mm-hmm. you know, people asking questions, I'm so happy that I can be there for them now to, to at least give them some perspective on what's worked for me and, and, you know, not to give them the, that linear path that doesn't exist because mm-hmm. we're all so different. But just to be able to be excited and be like, yeah, like I'm doing this thing. And um, like, if you have questions, I'm happy to answer just based on the fact that they're curious and not because it's coming from judgment. Yeah. Even if there's like a slight judgment in there, doesn't matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so different. And I, I think your your line of work is just so fascinating, at least for me. Like I know when it comes to upcycling furniture or kind of giving a new life to something I get so excited and so inspired and I start creating mood boards and planning the thing for like weeks and weeks and months and like years honestly (laughs) and then and then nothing happens I don't know what it is like on many different I think many creative minds struggle with that in their own work but I don't know for for me specifically that kind of project there's really intimidates me I don't know for what reason but maybe so other people have shared that with you before I'm just curious to know um yeah 
it yeah. it is intimidating. It's honestly, I still feel it. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are times like I have constant conversations with myself as we probably all do where I'll get to a point in uh, my process and I've done it so many times that it should just be second nature. Okay. Go out and do the next thing. But there's something in me that's holding me back from continuing. And a huge part of that is perfectionism. Um, Procrastination, which is tied with like Mm -hmm. overwhelm of like, um, like, at least for me, that overwhelm comes from like the zero to a hundred. Like I have a hard time. As soon as I get out of bed, I'm awake. I'm doing stuff. I don't often, um, I don't know how to say that. Like I, I have a very consistent high energy, but it Mm. doesn't mean I don't get tired and overwhelmed, but my body wants to be moving. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for me, (laughs) yeah. And so for me, if I start the thing, I know I'm going to do the thing and pairing that with energy can be really mental energy can be really challenging. Um, especially as a beginner, because each step is so unknown. You don't really know how much time it's going to take you for each step. And so for anyone who struggles with that, I say, just give yourself so much time. Like don't be in a rush. Um, and allow yourself to try and like take as much out of each step as possible because otherwise you're just going to be frustrated right away and you're just going to want it to be over with. Um, like I still struggle with, I just want to paint. Like that's like, Mm. if I could put a quote, it's like, I'm so excited to paint, but paint is like the last thing I do in comparison to how much work goes into it. First, you really have to prep. Um, these pieces and and that's just as a symbolism of art you know like a symbolism of creativity and I I still struggle with being present during those earlier stages and so I've really tried to take the time to like find uh, things I like to listen to that allow me to enjoy those stages mm-hmm. a little bit more and not feel like I need to rush through um, I've even actually I'll I don't think this is super relevant for a beginner, but I've even invested in tools that make me happy. Like my paintbrushes. I really love picking up my paintbrushes because they bring me joy. Um, And also like I I just invested in really good, um, a really good sander. And, and I know that's kind of boring, like not boring, but just not um, a relatable thing for everyone. But just the fact that that tool now allows me to enjoy a part of my process so much more is so valuable to me because now I don't have that feeling anymore going into it. I'm actually excited to do it. Whereas mm-hmm. standing before was like, oh my God, like <laughs> time to put my dirtiest clothes on. Like Tuesdays were always my standing day. And I knew at two, on Tuesdays, I didn't shower because I was going to be so filthy. I wear clothes that don't light me up. And I'd have to shower at the end of the day really late and I'd be absolutely exhausted. And so now I don't really have that feeling anymore. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's such a different um, experience. And you cut, and it's, again, it's so, um, it's so challenging for me to go back into my beginner, my, my, my beginner's phase. Um, 
but you just have to be okay with sucking at something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just never going to be as good as the person you watched do the thing. It's just, it's just not, and maybe it will. And then you'll be like, wow, it, it, it's so good. <laughs> but if you go into it thinking it's okay if I suck, this is just for fun. Then again, that's so empowering, so liberating because that's what creation should be. It shouldn't be about, being the best and um most beautiful or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and I think that's that's also part of like we've talked about the conditioning that comes from the corporate world but there's also some harmful conditioning when it comes to being an artist and I think the it needs to be perfect I need to get it right away and it needs to be beautiful is is also part of that narrative and it can be very limiting to all of us so thank you for bringing that up and also about the the joy component of it like when something feels difficult for you or you feel some resistance towards it bringing even more joy or, or finding a way to make it easier for you is just so important and yes you were talking about your your send uh how do you call it a sender sender yeah Yeah, uh, maybe maybe not so many people can relate to the sender, but we all have something in our creative practice that like having a beautiful pen that you really want to, to, to use when you write because it just glides on the paper a certain way or that new pigment that you want to try just or even a cool outfit. Like I have um, an outfit that's like an overalls with uh, lots of flowers on it and it just brings me a lot of joy for some reason yeah. so like when I don't feel like I want to do it or I feel the inner critic popping up like it's I need to do that even more I need to bring joy even more it's kind of not it's not counterintuitive in some way but when you feel that that huge resistance to infuse your day or infuse your practice with those little Pockets of joy just makes a, a whole difference, a huge difference. A hundred percent. Like even on the topic of clothing, like I'm dirty all the time. Like I'm, I'll never have to wear, okay, maybe I would say I'll never have to wear like, uh, what's it called? Pol not poly polyester, like, yeah. <laughs> like a fancy, <laughs> like dress. Satin. Yeah. Yeah. Like something you'd wear to an office. I'll just never wear those things anymore. Um, But sorry, I got off topic for a second. But that's but, liberating, <laughs> also. Oh, for sure. That's <laughs> to like not a, wear a suit. That's a whole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like a whole different thing. Um, but just the fact that I don't really have a reason to look mm -hmm. nice anymore can then be on the flip side. I never feel nice anymore, and then at least for mm. me, I really see that in my work and in my day and my and in my mental health, and. So I'm trying more and more to give myself permission to wear clothes that I want to wear, um, even if I'm going to get paint on it. Because mm -hmm. let's be real, I'm always going to be doing something that's going to get me dirty. So who says that it's weird to have paint on something? Like, why why do I have to feel shame about the fact that I have a splash of paint on my clothes? Um, yeah, like, yeah. why can't I walk around the world in my spare time? if I'm not working and, and have a bit of, uh, I don't know, like have uh, imperfection on my clothing. Like what mm -hmm. makes, what makes that unattractive or un, uh, like, 
unacceptable yeah <laughs> as a as an outfit <laughs> you're so right and I, I guess I'm just I'm thinking if ever some listeners know of a clothing brand that does like cute outfits for creatives that you can easily wash or something that could be interesting to look into I don't know yeah. I don't know if it exists Please. please share oh my gosh that'd be so awesome like you can easily remove the paint or the like the the dust from the 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 pieces that you're working with or whatnot but that's still cute I don't know something to look into I'm sure it exists but (laughs) yeah and I'm sure they're overalls (laughs) yeah I love overalls um (laughs) is there something that you maybe have been curious about or maybe that you're in the process of learning or or maybe you want to share something weird that you're passionate about with the listeners. I feel like I'm just always, I don't know how to say this, but I'm always thinking about everything at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I can relate. <laughs> um, well, earlier you shared about like um, experimenting with the color yellow. So I guess I'm curious to know like, what led you there. I, I assume there's a seasonal influence there, but I was curious to know what, kind of drove you to that color um I very much align with yellow as like a person I don't Mm. know if I am a yellow like most I I don't know if you've heard of this how people are like a color I don't know if I am actually a yellow but I just really do love the color it's just so energizing and so um warm and friendly and it's just such good vibes it's like the only way I can say it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got myself a table um, for myself, like for the workshop. It's this big old table and I'm so excited. It was given to me for free, which is, of course, always a benefit. And I decided that I wanted to go crazy and not uh, and not just play it safe. And I wanted to paint the base yellow and like maybe do checkerboard print and allow myself to be more creative. And I guess um or out of the box I guess or out of my comfort zone and I guess that's what I have been curious about mm-hmm. because my card of the year for anyone who knows tarot is the uh devil's card and mm-hmm. I was always afraid of this card because of course <laughs> it just like has a, a really scary connotation and it's very misunderstood but it's from at least what I understand and please message me if this is completely wrong um but that it's really about like um uh like accepting your queerness mm-hmm. and um and really like living into that and i do identify as queer and um and i definitely see that in my creativity and i am really looking forward to like allowing myself at least for my personal creations to dive more deeply into what that looks like for me and um it's a bit of a complicated I guess subject when you're talking about like self-identity and uh artistry but I know so many artists go through such a journey um and I think I'm just at the beginning of mine so I think that's what I'm really curious about is where I'm gonna end up and like uh I do feel like I play it pretty safe in terms of my neutrals right now um but I don't know. Like, I just feel like there's something in me that's yeah. <laughs> to, to come running out. Yeah. So exploring all the different colors of you. I love that. <laughs> I 
So as we wrap up the episode, do you have any words of encouragement or maybe a loving reminder for the listeners? Um, yeah, you are enough. That's it. You're enough. I know the world is really scary right now. Um, but I hope that you can find some time to create just to create and to go for walks, just to go for walks and listen to birds, just to listen to birds. Um, and also try talking to a bug. It'll make you feel so much better (laughs) and it'll put things into perspective of just how big our world really is in that sense those are my wise words for the day very 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 wise words your creativity is enough you are enough doing things for the fun of doing things is enough and go talk to a bug I know I had a conversation with a what's the name a snail like the one that goes very slowly yeah, with the shell. Is that the word? Yeah, I had a conversation with with a snail last year. It was very insightful. <laughs> yeah, we could take yeah. a lot of example from a snail. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting to also, you know, just kind of sense into what bug or what animal or what plant flower attracts you, and and go learn from that plant or animal or or bug because sometimes they bring you a message or they send you a sign or. Or you can learn something, a message that's being sent to you. So the snail was an important message for me. And I had a beautiful conversation with him. <laughs> that's so nice. That's yeah. So nice. Yeah. So um, if the listeners are curious about, about your work and about you, where can they find you? Um, you'll see mostly my process through Instagram. Um, my handle is laforest.living. That's my business name. Um, and then you can also see some items that I have available for sale through Etsy, um, same handle. Um, I'm also available for custom work. If you're within Canada, um, I'm able to do custom work for anybody. And I think that's it for now. Someday I'll have a website. Going there slowly. I love that. Yeah. 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 Oh, I, so I do want to yeah. say, I do want to say one more thing. And I, I thought about it and then I forgot it. Um, but we were talking about, um I'll just say the words and mm-hmm. it can be lumped into whatever category people want to lump it into that social media also has a really big impact on uh creativity and mm-hmm. at least I'll use furniture refinishing as an example um that it can be very daunting or discouraging because you'll see people working on on three times speed or 10 times speed and it just feels like it should be easy um, or I'll use house design or room design where it's like, it looks like it took them two days to do a room. Um, mm. But really it's just, it's, it's just not. And um, I just want people to, to know that and that it's okay for it to take time and like have struggle and like, you're, go- you're not just going to feel so great the whole time. And that's a part of it too. And um I just wanted to say that. And I hope that people can see that through my process, through social media, that I'm trying to show how slow it, how, how long it actually takes to do something. Um, but that there is beauty in that as well. And I, and I also want to mention, I don't even think I said this, but a huge part of my inspiration, um, comes from nature. Um, so he, get outside. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and nature is so, like, perfectly imperfect as well. We can learn, like, that's my biggest teacher and my biggest inspiration and, and my main muse when it comes to the art that I create can find such such insightful little lessons in nature so thank you for that reminder yeah and also the reminder for social media as well uh and you said that before earlier today but you have to allow yourself to suck there's no way around it and there's some some beauty in that messiness in the process it's not like the creative process cannot be linear it's always going to be a little bit messy and you are going to suck at certain parts of your work and especially at the beginning, but you have to go through that phase in order to expand your work and become good at what you're doing. And I think it's like, we've talked about that many times today about the discernment to know, well, if I'm following that account and it inspires me, awesome, beautiful. But if it starts triggering another part of yourself or perfectionism and and it keeps you stuck, then that's where you might kind of want to use some discernment and mute the account for a moment until you kind of ground yourself and self-soothe and be in a place where you can follow them again. Or I know for myself, what I tend to do is I, I usually follow creatives in other spheres. Like I don't necessarily do uh, oil painting or um sculpture or whatnot but I tend to follow those artists because it it like I cannot really compare myself that well like it's mm-hmm. not a direct comparison but it still really inspires me uh so mm-hmm. when I'm in a space where I cannot really I'm not in a space where I'm grounded or I I don't want to trigger that part of my brain then then either muting those accounts or completely removing myself from social media or following people in a different sphere is just very helpful a hundred percent yeah because you can't it's just so hard not to compare even it is like even like now you know I've been doing this for quite a long time now and I'm still sucking at certain stages and having to redo and having to grow and and being able to accept the fact that that's just going to be a part of the process forever is it, just so powerful you know like there is really no end destination when it comes to creativity. Like, Mm. yeah. 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 Thank you for that reminder. (laughs) We, we really need to hear that often. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for, for our conversation today. I really, really appreciate your time and all your insights and your perspective. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And I look forward to hearing all the other creatives you have on. Thank you for having this conversation or meditation with me today. And because it is a conversation, you're always welcome to reach out and let me know what came up for you. If this episode felt supportive, please share it with a friend and take a quick minute to leave a rating and a review. It means the world to me when you support the podcast. And if you're curious about working with me as your private coach, you can learn more at DearCreativeMind.com. That's also where you can find more resources to support you and also join our monthly gathering, The Creative Playground. Thank you so much for being here today, and we'll speak again very soon.